Welcome to Teacher's Lounge. I'm Peter Mudlin. We're a podcast here at WNIJ telling the stories of education with the help of some of our best educators. And the teachers you hear on this show are suggested by our magnificent listeners. So if you've got someone that you think that we should be talking to, you can send us an email at teacherslounge at niu.edu. And hey, you can also send us your topic suggestions at that same email address. This week, we have something a little bit different for you. The teachers are actually gone, and this week is all about the students. You might remember a few episodes back when we talked to a few valedictorians about graduating in the weirdest senior year ever. Well, this week, we've got a special segment we're calling Dear Class of 2020, where you're going to be hearing four valedictorians give speeches they would have been giving in a normal year to an auditorium full of their friends and family. Some of them have given speeches in virtual ceremonies, but we thought we'd give them our platform here on Teacher's Lounge. And just as we've seen students step up and lead conversations and lead protests over the last month or so, these valedictorian speeches are all really thoughtful, personal, and honest. We can use this pandemic to teach us the do's and don'ts. Please don't let this drag you down, disrupt your peace, or spoil any moments and memories we have in this time. We only get our high school senior year once. So I beg you to not let this ruin your calling. Please do. Do care for those in your local community. Do put your best foot forward. Do show recognition to those that are on the front lines during this time. With all of this said, please know that you are impacting future generations. What you do today does make a difference tomorrow. Spoiler alert, the kids are all right. Gosh, I'm 23. I can't believe I just said that. Now, before we get to the speeches, I did want to bring you a lighter, more fun story. Uh, Most major sports leagues, as we know, are all still postponed or they're slowly coming back because of COVID-19. But esports is still going strong. And I talked to a bunch of people from Northern Illinois University's esports about the landscape of college esports and what it looks like for them. The NCAA is still in the midst of approving plans to get college sports back in action for the fall. But the prospect of campus capacity limits, playing without fans, and players testing positive for COVID-19 leaves much of the college sports world still up in the air. Esports, on the other hand, has proved much more adept at migrating online. Nearly a million fans stream the remotely played League of Legends Spring Finals. College esports at NIU is also expanding. The school announced it'll be part of the new Esports Collegiate Conference, made up of all the universities in the Mid-American Conference for traditional sports. Connor Vagel is the general manager of NIU Esports. He says the conference gives them a structured game schedule and, as a varsity sports team, grants players access to campus resources. They're going to have a specific space within campus that they'll be able to go to, compete, and practice in. We're going to provide them with coaching and, you know, support in terms of, like, academic support. Right now, there are varsity League of Legends and Overwatch teams with a third game coming soon. Alex Kramer is a senior support player on NIU's Overwatch team. He says having the schedule makes it easier to devise specific game plans for each opponent. It would be very difficult to review footage and try to understand how certain players of a team played, you know, if there's some small college in Texas versus now we know who we're going to be playing each week. And so we're going to be able to better prepare ourselves for them. Kramer wants NIU Esports to have the same conference rivalries with schools like Kent State. We're also excited to be playing for something a little more versus uh, before we'd be playing for a ranking in some national tournament. Now all our teams just want to be the conference champions. Janine East is the project manager for the NIU Esports Initiative. She's also part of the Office of Outreach, Engagement, and Regional Development. 
She says NIU's kinesiology department is also offering an esports minor starting in the fall semester. Just like the NFL or any kind of entertainment industry, um, it's not just about the pro players who want to graduate and get a job as a pro player. If they need um, marketing people, physical therapists, graphic designers. East says they're also offering internships and hiring student workers like Alex Kramer. There will be social media, shoutcasting, which is esports commentating, even coaching and support jobs. Overall, East says it just helps legitimize the community they've cultivated. There's already an esports arena on campus in DeKalb, plus facilities in Naperville and Hoffman Estates, and partnerships with local park districts. NIU also has an esports club separate from the team that boasts 100 plus members. They stream on Twitch and have a Discord channel. Connor Vagel knows there's still plenty of room to grow. Luckily, esports is much more mainstream than they were five to ten years ago. In 2018, more people watched the League of Legends World Championships than the Super Bowl. But although it's getting better, Vagel still sometimes has to explain to parents of prospective players that it's not just video games. It's really awesome when we get to see kind of that light bulb click in the parents' eyes. And he says hopefully as they ramp up the level of competition, it'll increase their visibility on campus. Alex Kramer echoed that same idea. He says the pandemic has also been a unique chance to get more eyeballs on esports and grow the audience. He's seen major sports networks like ESPN airing esports like the NBA 2K League. If baseball and other sports and NFL training camps are going on, it might not have been shown. So it's interesting to see all these opportunities that esports is getting in this time. And as for his team particularly, with a load of returning players, he thinks NIU Overwatch has a strong shot at the inaugural conference title. We've played and beaten some of the schools in this conference before in past tournaments. We definitely feel good about our chances going forward. Janine East with the NIU Esports Initiative says she's happy about the growth because the university has been very purposeful about building the program. One is supporting healthy gaming practice. One is building community. And then another is supporting new technology in research and academics. Put all that together and soon they may be done having to explain what NIU Esports is all about. News Roundup time. We are still a news show after all, and there was some major education news this week in Illinois. State guidelines got announced Tuesday for schools to resume in-person classes this fall. But those plans still need a bit more work, so says the Illinois Education Association. The pandemic put schools across the country in a tough position. They know the quality of e-learning isn't equal to that of in-person instruction. But even with new in-person safety protocols, some parents aren't going to feel comfortable sending their kids to school. Kathy Griffin is the president of the Illinois Education Association. She says educators have been working with the state to craft the plan, but they still need more clarity. For one, what do you do for high-risk students and staff? She says the Illinois State Board of Education has to set overall guidelines that will allow room for districts to make changes specific to their schools. And what's going to happen in Rockford is going to be very different than what's going to happen in Alton. And she says the state also needs to listen to other school staff members like cooks, bus drivers, and custodians. The state board says it will continue to work with educators and public health officials to revise plans before students go back to school. You can expect students to be wearing masks, especially since social distancing is so difficult in any school environment. Kathy Griffin also wants more support staff, like nurses. You know, we need to make sure that we have protocols put in place so that if somebody is showing symptoms, that they have a place to be. She says students are also going to need more emotional support when they go back. And Griffin says the plans need to consider special needs students and others who may not be able to wear a mask all day. Districts may have to have blended options with some kids e-learning and other kids taking in-person classes. 
And again, these teachers are saying that the current state guidelines are a start, but they need more work before they can actually be implemented at schools. All right, get your cap and gowns on and throw your tassels to the side because it is time for our speeches. Up first, we have one of the students we talked to a few weeks ago. This is the valedictorian of the class of 2020 at Roosevelt High School in Rockford. Xavier Hutzel, take it away. Hello, everyone. My name is Xavier Hutzel. I am honored to be named valedictorian of Roosevelt High School. And this is my story. Growing up wasn't the easiest. Not having my biological father in my life definitely took a toll for the worse. I would take my anger and place it all on my mom for the smallest reasons, which she didn't deserve. A lot of people have entered and exited my life, which was a constant reminder of my father's previous actions. Having bipolar, depression, anxiety, and anger issues definitely didn't help with any of my situations at all. In addition, I also suffered from abuse as a child from a family friend. Being bullied for expressing my flamboyant and feminine ways and being called homosexual slurs has built an armor around me I don't think can ever be broken. Being bullied for having open eczema wounds and scars in my body that look like, quote, scabies or scars, which pressured me into wearing thick, long-sleeved shirts and jeans in the 80-degree summers. Living in the projects from my fifth birthday up until I was 17 has taught me some very valuable life lessons life lessons I shouldn't have been taught as a child. It's not fun being a young child and not having fun with any of your friends because you feel you're too mature for them and feel as if you should be hanging out with the adults because you understand what they're talking about. I saw and experienced things that no child should have to experience. All of these events and more have put a permanent humbleness in me that will never leave. School has never really been my thing. Whether it be not getting along with my teachers and peers, not paying attention and refusing to do work, or not having enough push and motivation to take things more seriously. In middle school, I was always suspended for something. Before I had made it into an art program in middle school, I was at another middle school. There, both me and my mom were told by my seventh grade principal that I would never make it anywhere in life because of my behavioral standpoint. I went on to the art program the next school year, determined to prove him wrong. I arrived and got kicked out after the first semester for fighting and disruption to the academic learning environment. I then returned back to my original middle school. Believe it or not, going into my freshman year of high school, I knew nothing about credits nor GPA. Junior year was probably one of my worst school year experiences ever. A breakout of my eczema had occurred that made it really hard to live my daily life, as even the medical professionals struggled to get it under control. My attendance was horrific due to this, and I missed over a month of school. Along the way, my family moved apartments. It was hard trying to get ready when all of your belongings are in boxes. Then about two months later, we moved again. This time was the final time. However, throughout this all, my academics were suffering. I had tried credit recovery and tutoring, but nothing could aid all of the work and class time I had already missed. Little did I know, I was about to find the school that was going to be the cure. Moving on to my final high school chapter, senior year, Roosevelt was my last resort before officially giving up on myself at full. When I finally was accepted into Roosevelt, it was like a breath of fresh air. 
At that time, I had also moved out of my mom's house and into my aunt's to feel more stable and not have to worry about anything getting in the way of school. It all felt like a new beginning to me, a new home and new school. I couldn't have asked for anything better at that moment. On my first day of school, I knew a few people, so that made me feel a little secure. I went in with a very strong wall up to not allow anything to get me off track. I definitely had some doubt in me, knowing in the back of my head I had 27 credits to make up. I listened to music every day with my head facing down to make sure my talkative ways didn't pull me away from what I was really there to do. After a few months of attending, my shell finally opened up to have conversation with my teachers. They were also welcoming, and that felt really good. Now, don't get me wrong. There were a few teachers who have helped keep me motivated throughout my senior year. But if it wasn't for one teacher in particular, I'm not sure if the fire inside of me would have ever ignited. That person was my English teacher, Ayla. I went to Ayla within a few weeks of going to Roosevelt. I had asked her to help me map out a work plan in my personal planner to help me achieve my goals within a time frame. That included taking packets and piles of work home at once on weekends and holiday breaks to get my credit when I had planned. Every time I thought about giving up in class, she was right by my side speaking motivation to me that kept my gears turning. Within a few weeks of my planner in place, credits slowly but surely started rolling in one by one. I stayed up late many nights, never missed a day of school, and I learned communication with teachers is key. I just needed to trust the process and speak my goals into existence. Another way I met my goals, in addition to recovering the credits, was by getting involved. I met Beth. She mentored me and sparked my interest to volunteer. I will never forget working from 9 in the morning to 8 at night at Stroll on State Street. It gave me a rush, a good energy, to volunteer, knowing I was doing it for a good cause. I started getting back on track, and things were looking much better. I worked with teachers on bringing awareness to Black History Month. I wanted to help students shed light on big issues involving the Black community. A little later, I went to my first GSA, Gay Straight Alliance meeting, and later joined the association, marking my name as one of the founders of the organization. After that, I was nominated to be secretary of the GSA. I hope the GSA at Roosevelt will continue to succeed and strive for excellence and for inclusiveness for future generations to come. Roosevelt has felt like another home to me. It feels a big void in me. Now let's address the elephant in the room, Miss COVID-19, also known as the coronavirus. The last time a pandemic affected us all like this was in 1918, 102 years ago. I understand we are all hurting and we have every single right to be. We have had prom and majority of our senior activities taken away. We'll never get to experience these events like previous classes did. I wish I could give us all our senior year back. I'm afraid that's one thing I cannot do. But what I can do is give us all the words of wisdom to help us move past such a corrupt time in our lives. We can use this pandemic to teach us the do's and don'ts. Please don't let this drag you down, disrupt your peace, or spoil any moments and memories we have in this time. We only get our high school senior year once, so I beg you to not let this ruin your calling. Please do. Do care for those in your local community. Do put your best foot forward. Do show recognition to those that are on the front lines during this time. With all of this said, 
please know that you are impacting future generations. What you do today does make a difference tomorrow. We are the next MLKs, the next Rosa Parks, the next Obamas. We are the next agents of change. It is crucial that we acknowledge each other and we look out for one another, no matter who we are. My hope is that we strive for inclusiveness and recognizing each person in our communities. Congratulations, class of 2020. I can't wait to see the future we create. Next, here is a quick speech from the valedictorian of DeKalb High School, Nina Mitchell. Hello, DeKalb High School class of 2020. Today is an ending. We say goodbye to our classmates, our friends, and our teachers. We officially close the chapter on high school, but it's also a new beginning. The beginning of adulthood and the beginning of a new path we get to start in life. Kobe Bryant said, everything negative, pressure, and challenges are all an opportunity for you to rise. These unprecedented times we have faced in the past few months will not be the last challenges we encounter. But look back on these days and remember the resolve that we showed. Let it inspire you to keep working hard and turn your future challenges into an opportunity to learn and grow. During our high school years, social media was an integral part of how we built friendships as well as constantly stayed connected and informed. Thinking back on the laughs we shared through memes, TikToks, and Snapchats will always bring a smile to my face. Throughout our four years, we felt the pride of having the heart of a barb, which to me means being uncommon in a world of commonality. Continue to stand out and blaze new paths by being deeply committed to what you believe in, whether you're going to college, into the workforce, serving our country in the military, or pursuing your dreams in another manner. Don't forget to live with passion, learn from failure, and have pride in all of your accomplishments and what you will achieve. I have been humbled and honored to be your class president and now valedictorian. I wish you all nothing but success and good health. Now, this is the moment we've all been waiting for. Please rise and move your tassel from the right to the left. Congratulations, class of 2020. We have officially graduated. Now a speech from Amboy High School's Ashley Althaus. To the class of 2020, let me be just one of the first to say, wow, we did it. We spent around 2,288 days, 18,304 hours, 1,098,240 minutes, and 65,894,400 seconds in the, in the school district, give or take. But who's counting? We got to experience pajama days, playground trips, medieval times, snow forts, and learning what 2 plus 2 is at Central School. We got to be part of campouts, goofy games, sled dog racing, while trying to figure out how to calculate slope and probability at the junior high. And of course, we all had homecoming prom, Friday night lights, and realizing that there are such things as imaginary numbers and limits in high school, which, by the way, doesn't exist. All these memories are good, and I encourage you to all think of those special moments in your life and keep them close to you, because it's a little thing that's what gets us through. But you see... What I kind of picked up on is that everything that went into our last 12 to 13 years of education was all part of a plan. A plan for us to grow up, be educated, and go out in the world and make a difference no matter how big or small because that is the way it was set up for us to be. We always had a plan laid out for us since day one of our schooling careers. 
In fact, they even numbered it for us so we wouldn't lose track. Grade 1, grade 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, you guys get the point. All of our hard work, decisions, time, and stress that went through were all part of a bigger plan. Our plan. Since we first set foot in the classroom, the teachers always had a plan for us, whether it was through our ABCs, 1-2-3s, multiplication facts, to figuring out what mitosis means and what stoichiometry is in chemistry, or finding bearings pointing us in the right direction in pre-calc. There's a plan for everything that the teachers did in those classrooms, day in and day out, even when it seemed unclear at times, and I can't thank them enough for that. Because there came a time three months ago when we had to adjust to these plans. Since March 13th, we have been running on our own ship and adjusting our own sails, doing our own plans now. Plans where the waters are rough, filled with many uncertainties that are unclear, making it up as we go, trying to stay afloat. We may have had plans to go to prom, finish our baseball or softball season, to get to state, get a good summer job, and then head off to college or the workforce to pursue our future endeavors. We had a calendar full of plans. Then they all changed. Everything changes. In fact, I was reading a statistic somewhere where it said only 26% of college graduates actually work in the field that they're related to their major. Only 26%. Why is that? Because life is uncertain. The next steps that we are taking right now are full of uncertainty because we are leaving the education track and heading out on our own. We have to make choices and decisions that may not be clear or put right before us like two plus two. We have to decide on our future and put our best interests first. But no matter how much we plan, you cannot predict it. I remember spending hours and hours in the gym reviewing every single basketball play in the book, trying to plan how to break a press, how to break down a defense, or how to beat a team. But when you actually get thrown in the game, all those plans only serve a basis to help you face reality. It's not always going to go according to plan. Sometimes it does, and sometimes the exact opposite happens. It's kind of like studying for a test. We can study and we can plan for hours, but when you actually sit down with your pencil and paper, there's a chance that you may not know it. Or there's a chance where you might just look at your paper and think, what in the world am I doing? And you just look up and down and stare at your classmates looking for answers. But we plan anyways. We have to plan because planning is essential to any success. We just have to believe that all those hours spent planning are worth it when it comes time to put those plans to action. But after that, it's up to uncertainty which is terrifying to most of us, but that is how we grow. Just because some of our plans fail or go way off track does not mean that taking a different route was wrong, even if it was unintended. Maybe we were meant to miss our last three months of our senior year. Maybe we were meant to write a different ending to a story that so many have written before us. Because after all, whatever happens, happens for a reason. That's why the senior class of 2020 is so special and will definitely make a great story in the future. Without a doubt, this time that we are in right now, even though it is filled with uncertainty, was meant to happen. Just like you guys are meant to be right where you are today. We all have a purpose in life. Think about it. The chances of us being alive and breathing and staying right where you are today are 1 in 18 sectillion. I didn't even know that was a number. You are meant to be here for a reason. Don't let anyone tell you differently. You are meant to be wearing that cap and gown, and you are meant to go out and make an impact on the world. It was meant for us to graduate to the start of a new decade where the world is sometimes too big for even itself. Because after going 100 miles per hour all throughout high school, only to be quarantined for the last three months, I think we have come to appreciate the things that we've taken for granted. Whether it's your friends, family, dining restaurants, and even toilet paper. 
It's the little things that we come to appreciate and allow our minds to reflect on before we head out on our next journey. So I just want to say thank you to parents, teachers, grandparents, friends, family, coaches, and everyone else that's helped us out on our journey. We couldn't have done it without you. Lastly, I have one more piece of advice before we all go our separate ways. Life goes by fast. If you don't stop to smell the roses and enjoy that sunrise or sunset every once in a while, you can miss it. They say that 0 to 20 goes by slow, 20 to 30 speeds up, 30 to 40 gets even faster, and then anything greater than 50 goes by in a blink of an eye. Make sure to laugh and make friends, but all you really need in life is just one good friend. Love beyond any judgment you have. Plan, but accept that it will not always go your way. And don't take for granted the love this life gives you. And when you get going, I hope you turn back around. Help the next one in line. Always stay humble and kind. Class of 2020, I hope you will always stay humble and kind. Congratulations. We did it. And finally, last but not least, we're going to finish with this wonderful speech from Sycamore High School valedictorian, Tessa Harbeck. Friends and family, class of 2020. Now, I can't speak to your experience, but I can speak to mine, and it is this. I have laughed harder and longer with this group of people than with any other on earth. How could I not have? I mean, eight hours a day for 13 years is surely enough time to overuse a few jokes and maybe even create a few lasting bonds. During our time together, I have found that there is joy in the ordinary, the mundane, and the everyday. Yet, as we've shared probably too many tears of laughter, this year specifically has brought tears of sorrow as well. It has seemed almost dueling in personality. Grief enough for a lifetime, yet joy enough to push back that grief. The death of a friend and a classmate in the unique and kind person of Cal Sexton. The abrupt end of a 13-year journey that left us lacking closure. These are landmarks in our year. And I encourage you to take the time and truly grieve these losses, for loss is intended to be mourned. But as grief is often solidified in our minds by dates and memorials, like December 21st, March 13th, I feel that joy and laughter and camaraderie come throughout each day, not linked to singular moments, but sprinkled throughout each. So, as I encourage you to mourn loss with honesty, I implore that you recognize the reality of the joy in our midst. I have found it in the laughter of way too early blue hallway conversations and in way too late club meetings or sports practices, music rehearsals or game nights. Some of my best memories are sitting alongside you in classes, in those days and weeks where it felt like all we could talk about was waiting for the bell to ring, something else was happening. Joy was butting in where we had not expected it. Group presentations that were painful and long ended with 30 people crying laughing because there is a comfort and an ease in this specific group of people that is hard to find elsewhere. Our biggest class in 10 years title never robbed us of familiarity. This unique comfort was built day by day, not year by year, but by the accumulation of moments, all of us showing up and living life together, eating a meal every day together, 
in classrooms debating about politics or paper airplanes together, watching way, way too many America the Story of Us videos together. Remember hiding and fleeing from a blue point false alarm together? How about running all 26 PACER tests together? Mondays at 8 a.m. and Fridays at 3 p.m. together. We had roughly 2,300 days from kindergarten to 12th grade together. Then we topped it all off with two months of corona together. Well, in spirit at least. Take that class of 2019's one-week polar vortex. Now that is a lot of together. Joyful and painful together. And just like that, we must take the joyful and painful together. Choosing not to wish time away creates space for irritation and frustration to fumble its way into friendships and fun memories. This idea has been unwittingly forced upon this class for the last 10 weeks, no, the last 13 years, now evident in the stack of memories we share. And it is what I'm taking from knowing all of you. There is beauty in the everyday, so don't miss it. I want to end with this quote, or I guess you could call it a charge of sorts, that has been hanging handwritten on my bedroom wall for two years. It says this, We tend to stay away from mourning and dancing. Too afraid to cry and too shy to dance, we become narrow-minded complainers, avoiding pain but also true human joy. While we live in this world so subject to struggle, let us mourn and let us dance. I believe that if, going forward, on college campuses, in workplaces, and in households, we are a class known to seek peace in each moment, to act on every situation with sincerity, to be intentional with our friendships, pursuing people and relationships as often as we chase success and achievement, mourning honestly and dancing freely, then we will be known in the future as the same class that we are in my mind today. Thank you and congratulations class of 2020. It's been a pleasure. As always, feel free to nominate a teacher in your life to be on our show. And along with that, send us your topic suggestions. Email is teacherslounge at niu.edu. Subscribe to the podcast, like us, leaving a rate, leave us a rating, share us, whatever you can do. It helps us get more great perspectives on the show and more people to find it. And a special thanks, of course, to all of the valedictorians that we've heard from today, their words of wisdom. And of course, a huge congratulations to all of the class of 2020 graduates this year. You guys did an incredible job in the weirdest, strangest situation possible. Our show will be back to normal next week, so don't fret, don't worry. And Thanks, of course, to the Rockford area band, Kind Ofs, for the awesome music you hear on our show. Find more of their stuff on SoundCloud and on Sessions from Studio A. Big thanks to Spencer Tripp for our logo. I have been your host, Peter Mudlin, and I'll be back with more Teacher's Lounge very soon.